0: Good evening and a very warm welcome to this Twitter space hosted by OUP Secondary. We are excited to welcome you to this discussion on teaching African kingdoms at Key Stage 3. And with me this evening, as you all have heard, are Erin Wilkes, Katie A. Marie and Teni Gogo. And we're looking forward to a really interesting conversation this evening.
1: Firstly, then some uh, introductions. I'm Aaron Wilkes. I'm a teacher over 25 years. Goodness me, where's that gone? in the classrooms. I'm the PGCE History Lead at the University of Warwick. I work for BBC Bite Size, BBC Teach, and I'm a textbook author for OUP, Oxford University Press, at Key Stage 3 and Key Stage 4. And really the focus of today is the groundbreaking work OUP is doing on the new key stage 3 depth study series more of that later obviously now to the important people tenny gogo and katie amory the co-authors of OUP's new key stage 3 textbook african kingdom so i'll we'll start with katie katie amory history teacher of almost 20 years katie currently head of department at west kirby grammar is that about 14 years and counting
2: yeah
1: definitely counting yeah okay also lead subject-based mentor for history itts at uh, liverpool hope i trained at liverpool hope i think you did as well didn't you katie i did yeah it was a
2: wonderful yeah. place to train
1: yeah Other stuff you do so publications you're writing for the for a new book what is history teaching now it is edited by rachel ball and our very own alex fairlam yeah big interest in museums and co-producing things with the local community I know developing content for lessons I know you work with Colin McCormack isn't it on materials for Historic England uh, secondary schools program and at the moment Toxteth Uprising 1981 gathering sort of oral testimonies year 9 12 students is that right
2: yeah that's right yeah we did an interview with BBC Radio Merseyside about our work with that so far last night so that's coming along really nicely yeah
1: so you're on a roll with speaking on these things
2: now? Not really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, Tenny, Tenny Go-Go, history teacher, trained at Cambridge Uni, uh, spent much of a career exploring medieval African kingdoms, which is, which is apt, uh, and black British history. She's written for teaching history, HarperCollins, BBC, as well as delivering workshops for students, CPD for early career experienced history teachers. And you're currently postgrad at University of Oxford, Action Research Fellow for the Empire Migration and Belonging Project. Is that yes, right, Teddy? That is me. So, Teddy and Katie, you've been working in particular on the new Key Stage 3 student book for OUP, African Kingdoms, which is part of a series of four. Uh, the British Empire one is out first in a few months time, April 2023. Then there's African Kingdoms, your one. In June 23, Fight for Rights in Modern Britain is out in July 23. And then The Migration Nation is in August 2023. Now, I've been overwhelmed. I know we've talked about it before, that the interest in these books has been huge, really, really positive. So so a, a, a general question, really, where, why? Why do you think there's been so much interest in these sorts of books.
2: Yeah, I just think there's a real drive and a real kind of passion from history teachers to deliver on diversity. Um, I think most of us had a massive wake up call in 2020. And, you know, I personally should have had one before, but it really made me think about, you know, the curricular provision that we provide for students. And we want to hear a range of different voices. And it all ties in with this um, idea of decolonising the curriculum and looking at things from a range of different lenses. So obviously, Tenny and I are focused on um, African kingdoms because we want to kind of you know, deconstruct this Western myth of yeah. uh, African history not existing before Europeans arrived. And we don't want students' first interaction with Africa to be centred on the transatlantic slave trade. We want to make that clear really through this publication. But I think that the other books are so important in just giving teachers a really accessible way of making a lot of different diverse groups in society so um, you know from women to lgbtq plus figures making representation routine in our history lessons because i think that you know i certainly have neglected to do that for a really long time and i think these books are going to create kind of the ideal channel to do that
1: Yeah, I think that's a really solid point about the idea of representation should be routine. I think that's really important. Yeah. Tenny, did you want to pick up on anything? Yeah,
3: I think it's been, it's been like particularly African kingdoms and looking at diversifying, but really decolonising the curriculum. I think it's been something that people are interested in or looking to see, but I think 2020 was a real big point where a lot of people maybe might have thought about it, but it really like pushed that change needed to happen. So I think, like when we're talking about the youths and the kids what they're they've now got access to so much information just scrolling for hours on tiktok and i think it's so important Mm. that like in our classroom Mm. they're getting this information first in a really rigorous challenging and like thoughtful and careful way so not that they're just getting i guess what would be quote unquote the traditional narrative at school than having to look for it elsewhere but our classroom's a place where they're getting a really well-rounded rigorous and like katie said it's not just Getting that representation in tokenistic ways and, you know, teaching the slave trade and teaching civil rights, but getting them to see lots of different people's histories in really rich and valuable ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good shout. We've said it many times, say it at OUP a lot when we meet, you know, we know, don't we, as teachers, that young people should feel represented yeah. in the stories they learn about and the literature they read and and we know don't we because we see it all the time that, that students benefit from seeing their identities represented in course content and and this is sort of a this is this is something that we've worked really hard on i know you guys have as well
2: yeah yeah um, so i
1: we you're working on african kingdoms specifically so sort of a general open question you touched on it a little bit earlier um katie but i'm just wondering whether whether i've either of you can can develop that a little bit why why should we study african kingdoms in particular what what are students gaining from it why there'll be te- there'll be teachers listening here you know that will be thinking you know why why should my school why why should i make space for it
2: Yeah, I think um, it is difficult, and I think that, you know, designing a key stage three curriculum is a real challenge for teachers, and I know that African kingdoms don't appear on the national curriculum, Mm. you know, which Tenny and I think is a travesty, really. We've alluded to the fact that, you know, students' first encounters with Africa should not be the transatlantic slave trade, and both Tenny and I feel really passionate about that, that we've got a moral imperative to make sure that students, you know, understand that Africa, Uh much like Europe, had a really rich and fascinating past, and Africa was a really kind of wealthy and globally connected nation. And I think that it's fascinating as well, you know, just going through this process of, you know, I focused on um, Benin and Mali, you know, exploring these kingdoms and uncovering lots of different stories and user material culture is a great way of doing history and it challenged my preconceptions about Africa. And I think it challenges our students preconceptions. I think there's loads of interesting stories. And I just think that, you know, students really take well to this content um, and it grips them um, like it has Tenny and I. um, And I think that they can a lot about being great historians and it helps them to understand why the world is the way that it is today
3: yeah I think it's definitely like even beyond just representing students because I know there's like people looking to teach it but their classrooms aren't necessarily diverse so you might not be teaching it in a city you might be in a really rural area and I think beyond like mm-hmm. trying to reflect your students because african kingdoms might not reflect your students i think if we're just talking about teaching quote-unquote good history and we're looking at teaching across key stage three globalized history and connections across the world i think it's a massive gap for you to not touch on african kingdoms if you're trying to teach say year seven about trade in the middle east or don't talk about the spread of islam into medieval west africa you're just leaving out huge gaps of time so it's not necessarily we're we're suggesting taking out a whole half term in certain places but it's just about trying to give your students as well-rounded a view as possible and often the way that these medieval african kingdoms touch on so many different areas it's really important that where they fit into the link your students are getting that experience
1: yeah i think that's a i think that's a really good shout and like you've mentioned that that you know african kingdoms can be just a vehicle for good history you know yeah. we want students to be able to do those sorts of things don't we we want them to ask perceptive questions we want them to be able to think critically and to weigh up evidence and to sift arguments and and to develop perspective and judgement and and this this textbook allows them to do that just, just to explain, you mentioned it earlier, Katie, you, you said that you'd done, you'd done Mali. So, so there are four case studies, if you like. There's the Kingdom of Mali, the Kingdom of uh, Songhai, the Kingdom of Benin, and the Kingdom of Asante. Another question, really. What, what year group might study African kingdoms? I mean, the key stage three textbooks, where, where would it best fit, perhaps?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think it you know it can fit with any year group really I can just give you a couple of examples of where we've uh, integrated Mali and Benin at West Kirby so I think a lot of year seven curriculums focus on the middle ages and monarchy in the middle ages and I think that that the approach that we've taken towards monarchy is quite a global one so our students look at King John and Eleanor of Aquitaine and Mansa Musa of Mali and Patrick Cutie um, of the kind of um, Inca Empire um, and Cenghis Khan and I think that's a nice little introduction you know, into medieval African kingdoms and they learn about the wealth of Mansa Musa, um, the Hajj to Mecca, um, yeah. and they, they have a look at the Catalan Atlas that I think most history teachers yeah. have seen the picture yeah. of Mansa Musa holding the golden nugget. And I yeah. think that's a really kind of nice segue in, you know, for year seven to learn about African kingdoms. Um, year eight, we, we we look at Benin. So we do that following our study of the English Civil War. So we kind of do a, a yeah. comparison really, yeah. you know, of what England was like in the 17th century and yeah. the kind of golden age of Benin in the 17th century Um, and we've woven in some work that our local museum's done, the World Museum, in terms of working with the local community and giving more kind of sensitive signage to the objects that they've got in their Benin collection. Uh, that were looted in 1897. Uh, But I know that that Tenny's got some kind of good ideas for for how to weave it into other year groups as well, so I can pass over to her now.
3: Yeah, so year eight, looking at year eight, kind of in the emergence of the transatlantic slave trade and construction of race, we start that with looking at a different West African kingdom, so getting them to see that actually it wasn't kind of a homogenous area where everything was the same, had the same values, so getting them to see trade that happened between nations and even addressing slavery that existed within Africa and then comparing it to chattel slavery across the Atlantic, which is picked up in the textbook as well. African kingdoms tend to get stuck a little bit in year seven and year eight, but the Ashanti kingdom couldn't go quite nicely into year nine because the uh, Ashanti British war, the Anglo-Ashanti wars, go into the early 1900s. It fits quite nicely if with year nine you're opening the 20th century and depending on the colonization you've done with year eight, you can open year nine with looking at that looking at Britain's role outside but also as I know more schools are looking to kind of incorporate inquiries about decolonization and if you're looking at those early nations being decolonised, for example Ghana, there's so many links to drawback. So if you're kind of not sure where things fit but you wanted a flashback or connections with other places, if you're looking at the yeah. decolonization of Ghana, there's so many links back to the Kingdom of Ashanti and being able to look at really big key figures that influence that independence yeah. movement. So that's a couple of ways that you can thread it through all the way into the end of G stage three.
1: That's lovely. That's, yeah, and, and we, we kind of know, don't we, we know from really experience that that dropping those little threads in in year yeah. groups and then picking the threads back up again really seems to work. You know, it's a way of getting students to bite and just to fit things together into that big picture that, that, that really works well in a history classroom. So getting on to the book in particular... We mentioned there are four case studies. What would you say have been the particular challenges of writing
2: this book? I mean, Teddy and I actually had a good chat over the weekend. It has been really difficult to write yeah. you know, just because of the nature of uh, the, the the sources, of the evidence that we've been working with. And there isn't, you know, one kind of definitive guide to African history mm. that you can rely on. So you're having to piece together lots of different fragments of evidence, you know, and that can be bits of material culture, uh, like the Benin bronzes. Yes. Um, it can be accounts from, you know, Arab scholars kind of snippets from griots and this focus on oral history and then European encounters. So I think it's been quite a rigorous and difficult process trying to reconcile all those different aspects and bring them together in this textbook, but I think that's why this textbook's so going to be so useful for teachers, because we're, we're time poor and we can't be kind of trailing through articles on, you know, JSTOR and reading every bit of literature yeah. there is yeah. about African kingdoms, but I think that this textbook's going to be helpful in terms of drawing people's attention to really useful sources that highlight important stories, but getting it together in one place and making it accessible. But yeah, yeah it has been challenging just because of the nature of history, you know, it's a different, way of doing history you know I would normally just pick up a textbook or a piece of scholarship uh, when I'm introducing myself to a new topic and read that but we've had to go about it in quite a different way which has been really rewarding but it's been you know it's been difficult and it's been time consuming but I'm really really proud of what we've managed to achieve.
1: Yeah the stuff, the stuff you've found is, is sensational I mean the book we've, we're seeing the proofs now aren't we and Yeah, yeah. it looks stunning but Dude, I've been in this game quite a while and I've seen most places where you get things from and sources and how things work and the stuff that you found was made by jaw drop at times. It really has.
3: Yeah, i definitely say I think finding the sources and putting together the stories has been the most difficult. I yeah. think... But all the reasons that like, we want our students to engage with it, because it's difficult, is yeah. getting them to look at a different way that history is constructed and getting them to see that history exists beyond written sources has equally been the biggest yes. challenge in putting it yes. together yes. in a way that's accessible in the classroom. So I do really hope that I guess all the work on our end saves
1: loads of teachers. You, you've done, you've shifted through some work, guys. So building on that a little bit, and I know it's something you speak a lot about, when when we talk the sources, but what about you know the historical scholarship on African kingdoms? What what's the current state of this? How's it perhaps changed in recent years? You know what impact might it have had on teaching of African kingdoms? I wonder if you could sort of sort of reflect on that a little bit.
2: Yeah I think that a lot of teachers are familiar with the work of Toby Green and I think that he did a series of lectures with Nick Dennis and Trevor Getz you know during lockdown that were brilliant for teachers to help them kind of engage with something that's really quite complex and new to them but certainly Toby's book A Fistful of Shells has been really important in terms of um, helping teachers to get an insight into just how fascinating African history is and helping to kind of give a fresh account of africa and demolish this western idea that africa had no history before the europeans arrived Mm. so i think that um toby green's work's been brilliant i also think that gus casely hayford's work is fantastic you know he's done a great little penguin ladybird guide to timbuktu you know that's great for teachers to look at and he's got a series on amazon prime that you can get for a pound you know called the lost kingdoms of africa and there's loads of great podcasts out there i mean tenny and i were talking at the weekend about (laughs) greg jenner and you're dead to me Um, There's a great episode on Mansa Musa. So I think the scholarship is improving and there's more out there. But it's still, you know, lots of different fragments and, you know, it's hard to piece all those together. But I think a lot of progress has been made.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think there's lots of changes, especially at a higher education level. So when you're looking through the sources and all these interpretations, you're finding so many more like masters, dissertations and PhD and Mm. students looking at all of these things and producing so much great work and hopefully now it's we're seeing it starting to trickle down into schools
1: yeah because I think I think some teachers will be probably pretty nervous about teaching something that they're not familiar with I think that's probably a probably a thing I hear about a little bit you know there's a very there's a familiarity with the tried and tested topics isn't that so this will be a brand new topic and I think some teachers will be a little nervous won't they that they're dipping their toe into an area that they're not sure about and I suppose That's the point you're making, isn't it? That you've done you've done the legwork for the teachers. Is that a fair?
3: We're hoping the book does the legwork. So I think there is something comfortable about having a textbook that gives you a narrative that kind of gives you a time because each of the. Kingdoms has a timeline, they have maps, all things that I think teachers are generally familiar with. So hopefully what the textbook does is make African kingdoms feel familiar, even though it's not something they've taught before, it's in a format that I think a lot of teachers will be used to and hopefully give them the confidence to start really delivering that in their classroom.
2: Yeah, we've broken it down into kind of 12 different inquiry questions that I think you could quite easily kind of figure out where to slot in your curriculum. And I think that they kind of guide you through in a really nice way. So there's a couple of evidential inquiries in there that I think are, you know, great for year sevens, because I think they say great things about objects and, you know, they're able to kind of um, look at a wide range of sources and understand how historians construct African history. Uh, But I think the inquiries themselves could just be transferred very easily from the textbook into the classroom um and you know i i hope we've done the legwork we do make this kind of a nice transition for teachers
1: yeah it's certainly yeah you certainly have as, a, as someone that's been editing it i know i've worked closely with abby woodman on this and i know someone that's edited it, it, it makes sense that pattern that the, the, the way that it's laid out really really works well thank you guys credit to you guys for uh for shaping <laughs> thank and the, you. <laughs> shaping the content is there anything else you wanted to add guys is there anything sort of uh, is there anything that you wanted to pick up on
2: I know that quite a lot of schools, even at Key Stage Two, you know, have got a good interest in things like Benin yes. and Mali, um, you know, and Songhai and Asante. So, you know, I would encourage as well, you know, primary school teachers, you know, and uh, you know, I'm kind of good mates with Emmy Quinn, and she's really interested in yes. Benin, for example, um, and she delivers a unit on civilizations, you know, to her uh, Year Five classes. And I think, you know, that this book is really kind of, uh, I think that it's good for kind of transitionary period, you know, Year Five, Six, Seven eight so you know i just think there's a lot of really good content in here that we hope that that teachers will find really helpful yeah
1: because loads of brilliant work has gone on in primary schools
2: yeah yeah
1: again we talked about picking up threads within key stage three didn't we but also you know students will be able to see some things that they will have done at key stage two as well in here i guess
3: yeah, I think I'd definitely, and as well, for anybody who maybe already teaches African kingdoms, i still definitely encourage you to have a look just because, like Katie said, it's structured in so many different inquiry questions. Mm-hmm. And in talking about threads and how it fits, it might be that we've got an inquiry question in there that actually better fits with your curriculum or flows yeah. in the way that you needed to or the way you approached it the first time, you just haven't quite been able to figure out how you can better fit that into the global picture you're building. But hopefully one of the suggestions that we have there really helps that kind of final piece as yeah. the curriculum yeah. always shifting
1: yeah certainly thank you thank you sam did we um have we managed to get any um questions anything
0: we do have a question we have someone asking um how have you personally found introducing these topics to your students
3: i think i must say every time we've introduced it they absolutely love it I do often find that depending on where I'm teaching and the demographic that hasn't really changed I know that sometimes people expect maybe if the students feel it represents them more but students of all backgrounds have really really enjoyed it because it's something that they know of but don't actually know much about they do want to know more about it So rather than just kind of seeing clips here and there and saying, oh, madam, is this true? Is this true? Is that true? They get to have that conversation in the classroom and they really enjoy having that space and being able to look at different sources and fitting that into their history, understanding, knowledge.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely second that. So we've just come to an end of this kind of global medieval monarchy study. And we do a little Mm. exercise where students have to get their parents to fill in a postcard at home, you know, about the different monarchs that they've looked at. Mm, And we always get these kind of brilliant comments. I was reading some just on Monday, you know, about Mansa Musa. Oh, I had no idea that Africa was this wealthy. I hadn't heard of this man before. You know, it's been fascinating to hear about what Mm. my daughter's been learning. And I just think the students really find it interesting. And, you know, it really... tends to kind of you know captivate them and and it gets them hooked and if you can weave those threads in you know through to seven to nine um you know it can really help to to make them really good historians Mm -hmm. because of the processes it encourages
3: yeah and they always love to know that like Mansa is not the end of the story so the year eights were absolutely loving that when they'd learned about it in year seven they were like oh we thought that was the only one and (laughs) there was more and (laughs) others that they could look at was like great they kind of thought Madison Musa was just the one-off moment in Year Seven, yeah. but seeing that that's a thread through, yeah. and they brought in so much more when we then went to look on all the other went on to look at all the other connections
1: elsewhere. Fantastic, thanks, guys. Is there anything else, Sam, that's popped in?
0: Someone just asking, where should a teacher new to African history go to get started?
2: Well, they should buy our book. I think uh, Nick Nick Dennis has done some absolutely brilliant work on this, and I wanted to mention him before, but I'd, I'd forgotten actually. But he has a website called African Kingdoms, um, and there's lots of great clips on there. There's some powerpoints, and there's different resources on there that I think are a really nice kind of uh, channel into learning about this. So I think you know the work of Nick Dennis is great, but I do think just little things like there's a BBC podcast. I think it's a history of the world in a hundred objects. You know, there's yeah. a great ten-minute episode on one of the Benin bronzes, and I think yeah. that's you know a brilliant introduction as a teacher that that's new to it.
3: Yeah, um, and also there's a you can get it online. It's free. It's a PDF. I think it's David Conrad medieval empires of West Africa or something like that. If you Google that, it will come up. It's not too long a book and it has some short snippets of each different Mm -hmm. kingdom. It's not set out necessarily in the most teachable way, but if you're a teacher looking for just some foundational knowledge, in addition to the textbook, obviously, that has some nice short ways of looking at the rulers, looks at the people and just gives you that little in. Also there's the A-level unit and I know A-level seems yeah, to be yeah. scary but there is an ebook that you can get online for the OCR African Kingdoms it's actually very accessible so even if you're yeah it's really good cool. yeah because we, we were passing it back and forth between us so much yeah that <laughs> um, that's actually a nice way in as well depending on what you're looking at and all of these things mm. are like, super accessible easy to get into and our teachers don't have the most time but hopefully
0: they're all helpful. That's really helpful. Thank you. And we do have um, Simon is requesting to ask questions. I was just wondering if you were to to reflect
1: on, because you've seen the final version, and we're all very, very eager to, which would be the pages, the double page spread, that you are most excited for people to see?
2: Um, I was having a look at the first proofs of uh, Benin earlier and we've got an inquiry question there about what was so mighty about Benin City and there's a lovely uh, artist's interpretation you know what Benin City would have looked like and it's labelled and it's kind of just in the early stages now but I think that that is the thing that I'm most kind of captivated by at the moment and I can't wait to see what the the final version looks like. It's little things like in Benin City they had street lamps You know, over 200 years uh, before Britain uh, oil lamps and uh, the way that the city was designed was really kind of intricately thought out and uh, gives a lot of insight into um, just how advanced you know the mathematics and the architecture was at the time so I'm dead excited about this spread uh, about Benin City and what that's going to look like.
3: (laughs) Definitely I think my favourite has to be i don't know if it counts as a spread because it's like four pages but um we've got an inquiry on why Ashanti was a symbol of power so a leader in the ashanti kingdom and i think it's by far my favorite because you've got it's just going into the 20th century so we're able to get photographs of her we're able to use like ashanti proverbs in it as sources we're able to use like money as sources we've got wax symbols we've got museums that still exist so it's like it feels so tangible and real and relatable for them that I think those final spreads coming together and that spread particularly has so many different types of historians so where like I know there's lots of articles written about what students think historians look like we've got like young men we've got older men we've got young black women like it's such an inquiry to challenge so many preconceptions
1: Thank you, guys. Um, Like I say, um, African Kingdoms is due out in June 2023. We are very nearly there. Uh, British Empire comes out the month before. And then the other two books, Fight for Rights and Migration Nation, comes they come out in July and August. Um, I think it's O-U-P, OUP. Just contact them and they'll be able to put you right with inspection copies, etc., etc. Sam, I think we're done, Sam.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Can I just thank
1: thank Tani and Katie? Thank you, thank you, thank you. you. Great to talk to you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Aaron, Katie and Tenny for such an interesting discussion this evening and thank you to everyone for listening. Um, You can follow us at OUP Secondary for updates. As Aaron mentioned, African Kingdoms is coming out on the 1st of June. There are sample pages that are going to be available next week and we are offering a 10% discount on pre-orders of the new depth study books and use the promotional code ks3 history if you have any further questions that we haven't answered today we have got through a lot um please DM us we're going to sign off now and send you a wave goodbye enjoy the rest of your evening everybody thank you very much
1: take care bye, See you. bye.